Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Welcome to So That Just Happened, a podcast for those who have lost their person and want to find themselves. I'm Carly Cooper, a single mom, widow, coach, author, and chronic truth seeker. My superpower is finding the funny, the hope, and the silver lining in any shit situation. This podcast is for the purpose of education only and is not a replacement for therapy. If you need additional support, please seek out a trained professional for help with your specific situation. Let's get to it, shall we? Hannah Ross is a highly passionate holistic leadership coach, women's health advocate, and host of the She Has the Audacity podcast. Hannah is also a clinic director and pelvic health physiotherapist at Vital Physiotherapy and Wellness, which is a leading women's health and pelvic health physiotherapy clinic in Midtown Toronto. Hannah is also dedicated to empowering her team, colleagues, and clients through coaching, mentoring, and education. Renowned for her expertise in pelvic health, prenatal preparation, and the realities of parenthood, Hannah is also a sought-after educator and speaker who inspires her clients to take charge of their health and lifestyle. She is a true champion for high-achieving women, helping them overcome perfectionist tendencies and align with their why to achieve their dreams. I highly encourage you to connect with Hannah to benefit from her wealth of knowledge and expertise. Her website is hannahross.com, and there you'll also find a time audit that she's giving away for free, and I will post the link in the show notes. But if you want to write it down, it's hannahross.com backslash time audit backslash the time is now. Hope you enjoy the interview. Okay, welcome to another episode. I'm so excited to have this awesome guest on. Her name is Hannah Ross. And um, we've we've actually done a podcast together before, but now the tables are turning and she is in the hot seat. And um, so, Hannah, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Um, okay, so you wear a ton of different hats. You're a holistic leadership coach. You're a clinic director. You're a pelvic health physiotherapist and a podcast host. Plus, you're a mom and a wife and entrepreneur and all the things. So, can you share with us just how did you end up like doing all these things? Like, what's the story that brought you to where you are today? Because it just sort of feels like there's a lot there. And there's always got to be a story. So fill us in. So thank you for having me here. Um, I'm so excited to be chatting with you today. Um, it's funny because I, behind the scenes, I have this conversation a lot, but I don't think I've actually had this conversation on air before. So, uh, so let's you do it. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> so um when I was when I was young, when I was little, mm-hmm. um, I always knew I had some learning disabilities. I I knew that I had to learn things differently than other people. I knew I needed, um, I knew I needed more time to 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 work my way through information. And I my friends even even in high school used to um, make you know they used to joke a lot. They had a min- a million different highlighters and different pens, and I had lots of stuff going on in order to learn. I would underline in this color, then I would highlight in this color. Then, and I just thought, okay, well, I just learned differently. And I, um, 
I had a, an assessment, let's say, at that uh, when I was in high school, and they're like, "Yeah, you've got some processing stuff, but let's just leave it at." Um, nobody was assessing girls for ADD back mm-hmm. in the day, and I didn't even know it was a thing back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. And the more that I am learning about it, and the more that I've investigated, um, I just used to think like my husband and we're having conversations. We'll we'll be on a topic, and then like as we're saying something. He'll say something and I'm like, oh yeah, I also talked to you about our laundry list. And like, he's like, well, just, can we just focus on one thing? And I'm like, no, actually I cannot. So (laughs) welcome to my brain. Yeah. I have a lot of things that I love. And every time, um, every time I learn something new, I really, I have a very like deep desire to go deep into that. When I'm having conversations with people, I really don't like surface level conversation. I really mm-hmm. like, I just like to know everything about it. And so as I, um, you know, I really loved to exercise as a, as a kid, I loved to go to the gym. So I made total sense that I would go into kinesiology for my undergrad and from kinesiology, it's like, okay, I'm going to become a physiotherapist. And I really started treating backs and necks and sports injuries and um, I was probably one of the only students who was, who was married at the time. And I, uh, by the time I got my degree, I started to have babies and I have four children mm-hmm. and somewhere, um, around my, when I, after I had my second, I was like, I really don't love this anymore. I don't love helping people with their shoulder injuries. It doesn't feel like it's calling to me anymore. Um, and at that time I was also experiencing a number of pelvic health issues. I was sleeping. I was really into P90X. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that. Oh, Tony I, Horton. I definitely did that after yeah. I had my son. Yeah. yeah. Do your best and forget the rest. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, Tony Horton had a, uh, one of his, one of his DVDs was um, called Plyometrics. And mm-hmm. it was one particular move. It was called the Rockstar Jump, where you would strum your guitar at the same time that you would jump in the air and kick your feet to your bum. And piss uh, yourself, probably. And I'd pee my pants every single time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So combine that with like a bunch of the fact that I was having pain, back pain and hip pain and all these other symptoms. And one of the physios in my, uh, who I was, used to work with was like, I'm getting trained in this new thing, pelvic floor physio. And I was like, there's no way that you're coming anywhere near me with your fingers. Because for those who don't know, <laughs> pelvic floor physio is like the gynecology of physiotherapy. Mm. And thanks for the uh, warning. Thanks for that heads up. You, I think you've saved a lot of lawsuits. Because <laughs> if you don't know, going yes, in, no, no. that's a case. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, she convinced me to go see her. And it legitimately changed my life. It changed my sense of self. It changed my sense of purpose. I was like, I wants to give other women the experience of feeling whole again, of feeling like their body is theirs, of feeling like they're not broken. And so I, that was my first opportunity to sort of choose something different. And as I, um, I ended up having my third before I started my practice, my pelvic floor physiotherapy practice, but it started in the back of my car. I would just like bring my, I would drive to people's homes and bring um, a massage table along with me. And Mm -hmm. I'd drive door to door and all of a sudden I had more people to see than I could physically Handle. fit into a day. Yeah. So I ended up renting a space. And then I was like, all right, well, I need more than just a rental space. And it became a clinic. And then, you know, as like things just sort of, I call myself an accidental entrepreneur, Carly, because I just, when I go in, I go, I go in like full force. Mm-hmm. And I really started to 
recognize the need for a holistic leadership coach when um, my clients were coming in over and over again to see me as a physiotherapist. And we treat based on a biopsychosocial model of care, which means your biology, like your physical muscles, ligaments, tendons interact with your psychology, what's happening in your brain, your, the anxiety, your depression, your, your persistent thoughts, all those pieces and, um, the social determinants of health. And the more that my clients were coming in and they were having these physical symptoms, but we were having conversations about sense of self, about Mm -hmm. perfectionism, about boundaries, about saying no, and all of these things. And I was like, isn't this interesting? And so I decided to go down a deep rabbit hole around, um, around coaching. And then people started to reach out to me to, um, who were leaders. And they were like, how are you doing this? And I was like, I don't know how I'm doing this. So then I decided to look into like different leadership frameworks. And so I sort of just kept going because I like learning a lot of things and, um, my podcast came about because I was like, I want to meet other people who are doing really interesting things. And it's just um, a desire to learn more and to evolve. Um, And sometimes I'm like, Hmm. I'm sorry. I have to just say this because it just popped in my mind and I feel like it's appropriate, but you've actually, you're, (laughs) you, it's not even going to work anymore. (laughs) When you say you've evolved, I just thought you've evolved. I've evolved. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I like sorry. It. I just mm. had to, you can, you can, maybe we need, that. maybe we need a new podcast. Um, <laughs> it's just, this is where my mind goes when we're talking I about public it. health. I love it. You go into branding. I, you know, like it's, it's endless. It's got legs. Um, um there's so many things that I, the things they do. Yes. Well, that's that's, not there's a couple things that I wanted to touch <laughs> on. Like, I think it's so admirable that you, a, like n- understand yourself enough to know that, that's how your brain works. And you just, you have a lot of interests and you like to learn a lot because so many people, or at least when I was growing up, it was more like the thought of you learn one thing and you stick with it until you get the gold watch at 55. And like, all that is just ridiculous now because I'm turning 50 and there ain't no gold watch in my future. Where is it? But, but so I love the fact that you use that to your advantage and you didn't let that trip you up of like, cause a lot of people or a lot of women would be like, oh, well, you know, I need to stay in this. I, I studied it in school and mm. now is it a waste of time? Or was it like, should I just stick with it even though I know it's not for me? But like, what if I start over and does that mean that I'm flighty or that I have no focus? And like, cause I think that that's, that was the messaging back right. when we were growing up. So yeah. I really admire you for like saying, screw that this is the way I'm going to go. It's obviously worked out for you. And so I really commend you for that. And also just continuing to evolve on um, (laughs) the fact that like all of these modalities fit together one way or the other, because it's so true that the physical and the mental or vice versa, it's kind of like six, one half dozen of the other. It's like, you know, if you have a lot of stress or anxiety, it's going to manifest in the physical. If you have physical stuff, it's going to create stress and anxiety. So I love the fact that you've merged all of these modalities that are related and interconnected 
in such a way that you're, you've kind of become like this one-stop shop, which is brilliant. <laughs> or like from a business standpoint, it's, they need you forever. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say thank you. Um, I, I certainly had the stories of like, what's wrong with me? Why don't I fit inside the box? Why does everybody else do it like this? And why mm-hmm. am I doing it this way? Um, it, it's certainly an evolution. Um, the, you know, I talk a lot about perfectionism and I, I really, I don't want to say struggles, but that was, you know, I would call myself a recovering perfectionist. Which and, was and, one of my questions. So yeah, let's just jump ahead let's do because, it. um, yeah, you mentioned, um, on your website that you are a recovering perfectionist. So yeah. at its worst, what did that look like for you? How did that mess with your life, your health relationships? Like how did that show up for you being a perfectionist? So, and first so, okay. maybe just explain, I think we all okay. know, but like, just explain what does being a perfectionist mean to you? So to me, being a perfectionist means, I used to say you have to chana it, which is like uh, everything must be done at 110% or it's just not enough. It was mm-hmm. it's black and white thinking. It's the mm-hmm. idea that you can control your outcomes, but like and never moving forward until things m- meet the expectations that you have. It's It's a way of attempting to control mm-hmm. your environment. Which um, we know logically is futile. Yes. Yes. And it, it um, constantly sets you up to fail. We do it anyway, but yeah. that's, yeah. A hundred percent. And I will also say I did it very successfully for a number of years. Like I did get really good marks while also, by the way, it requiring a lot more time of me to study. I was, um, president of student council. And on the, you know, I was the editor of our yearbook and I was on the basketball team in grade eight. And then I was also volunteering and for a while I could really keep every single ball in the air. So let me just ask you this. Did you, did you become that because you enjoyed it or you felt like you had to become that to gain approval or validation from other people? Cause that's also Mm-hmm. Many reasons why people become this way or think this way because of outside pressures, whether it's from parents or culture or religion or society or whatever it is, or just like basic insecurities, they feel like they have to be that way. Yeah. But so did were there any external influences or was this just something that it was innately you? I I will say that the story that I I, I really worked very deeply with was I have to behave like the, the level that I held myself to was what it meant to be enough. Mm-hmm. It wasn't enough. If you weren't getting a hundreds, it wasn't enough. If you weren't the head of every committee, it wasn't enough. If you weren't doing, you know, you were working three days a week, well, you should be working four days a week. It wasn't like, it was my desire to, to be seen as an, and part of it's very driven internally, but it's also your it's it's looking outside constantly so that people can acknowledge you for being enough. And I I love that you said that because that is often where most of us feel inadequate. Like yeah. there's somewhere in our 
childhood, and this is not a blame thing, but somewhere in our childhood where we did not feel enough, Mm -hmm. whether that was because we were told we weren't enough or we were made to feel that way through no fault of somebody else's because sometimes someone can just say an innocent comment and we internalize it. Like there's so many reasons why we don't feel enough, but that is the reason often why we drive ourselves, especially as women, to do more, to be more, because at one point in our lives, we felt we were small or we weren't enough or we weren't seen or we were invisible, and now we're overcompensating for it. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. So I'm going to, and I'm going to also add to that, that there's, there are actually two competing pieces, which is really where the burnout I think comes from with perfectionism is that I was trying so hard to be enough. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, I was being told I was too much. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's finding that I'm balance. working so hard to, to do all these things so that I can finally meet. But then also the, there's, you're never going to meet everybody's mm-hmm. um, ideas of what you should be. If you're constantly searching for outside sources of validation, you're never going to be um recognized or acknowledged or valued by a hundred percent of the people. It's just, it's an impossible metric to attempt to achieve. Yep. A hundred percent. And, and that is like also a really good point that you bring up because it is a, it's a lose, lose battle because you're working so hard to be seen. And then there are times when you're told or you're made to feel like you're too much. So then you need to scale back and then you go small again And it's just this dance. And so it really always, everything always comes back down to, and this is what I believe is is the lifelong work, is to get to that place where you're good with you Mm -hmm. and you stand firm in your core values, in your beliefs, in what matters to you and getting to that point where you feel so unapologetically grounded in who you are and what you believe that anything outside of that cannot shake you. And I'm not saying it's easy. And that's why I'm saying it it can it often is a lifelong journey. However, I find that um, you know, my situation being a widow at 47, I think it was, um, you know, you're like, Carly's like, who can remember anymore? I'm like, whatever. It just, it, it <laughs> happened. And I don't remember the age. I think it was forced. So, um, but, uh, you know, that forced me to reevaluate my life and yes. it, it forces you to look inward, whether it's, it's being a widow, whether it's divorce, whether it's whatever, when you're, when you're sort of left for whatever reason on your own, And it doesn't even, you could still be married and still have these thoughts and moments because there's a lot of times in marriage where you can still feel alone, even though you're partnered. Um, So it's so important to evaluate and to get to this place where it's like, okay, what do I want? What do I need? How do I need to feel seen and heard? How can, like, what boundaries do I need to set? And this all again just comes back down to like when you can do that for yourself first and know mm-hmm. and and stand firm in that one of two things are going to is are going to happen you're going to attract people that 
have the similar values and morals and standards. And that's like the rainbow and unicorn island we all want to live on. Or you're going with sunshine, to- With sunshine. With sun, always. But a, but a nice breeze. So you're not- <laughs> Um, but, uh, I would say about a 75 degree temperature is that that's the ideal for me anyway. My, my favorite movie quote after this. Um, yeah. Cause now I'm going to forget what I was going to say because that's what happens. Um, yeah. Um, or you're going to repel people. You're going to repel people who no longer vibe at the same level or standard. And you know what? That might feel lonely at first and chaotic mm-hmm. at first but it's the best thing that can happen to yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know how we got there, but well, I, we I, 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 I'll tell you that a second piece about, uh, again, recovering from perfectionism with, if, as a perfectionist, a secondary piece of all this, which I think is actually, it, it stems from the, that not enough belief um, and trying never to be too much, but it's this, um, this idea that, if you're going to, if you're going to show up and people are going to not like you, then you're still going to have to be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. It's this belief that being perfect also means always being happy. Mm-hmm. And so you never want to feel that shame of people disliking you. So you just keep trying to um, get better and better and better or to meet their expectations so that you never feel a negative feeling. And we just shove down all of those negative feelings and you never actually process through or acknowledge them. So you become a fake version of yourself mm-hmm. who never has a negative emotion, but really those negative emotions are just shrouded in the shame um, of eventually not standing for anything. Yeah. And that's where I think the gift of aging comes because I know for me, uh, I'm turning 50 in February and I'm going to do a party. Yeah, I am actually. Okay. Um, but not everybody invited. So I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) Um, um, but, uh, I, I, um, that's, that's like, I'm actually like, I'm other than like low back and knee pain, like I'm actually okay. And totally fine with turning that age because, I feel like so much of the shtick that I used to worry about and care about, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about anymore. Yeah. And I'm not like at that perfect place of like, nothing can bother me and I'm not sensitive anymore and you can say anything to me and I'll be fine. Like, no, there are still things that bring me to my knees in the fetal position and it's destroying, but but my resilience is, you know, my bounce back time is much faster. I am like at that point where like, I'm just kind of like, you really don't need to invite me to everything. Like, it's okay. I'm fine with it. You know? So I, there, I prefer to not. Yeah. Like, like there was like a home. thing with, like <laughs> COVID was actually good for like not having to go to things. Like I'm kind of turning into that person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like, I'm okay with it. You know, like you get to this place and I'm sure it happens even more at 60. And, you know, as you age, if you do the work, I mean, again, I've been doing the work for 30 years, so I'm not saying it just like comes with the, with the change of a calendar day, but it, you know, you do get to this place or you can get to this place where 
things that used to trip you up don't phase you anymore. Like there's so many times, like I have a son, so I don't have a daughter. So I'm not like dealing with like teenage daughter, like girl drama, but I see it with some of my friends. And I just like, I want to say to these girls, like, it's not going to matter in two years or five years or 10 years or whatever. Like, but I know that you don't get it until you go through life and have experiences and whatever. So you know, that's what I think a massive gift for me is in aging is just like, and even, you know, not that I'm saying like, I'm at remotely happy about being forced into the widowhood or like, you know, that kind of life, but, you know, big monumental life changes again, whether it's through death, divorce, loss of a job, sickness, whatever, if you use it properly you learn a lot from it mm-hmm. and you can gain a lot from it too. Like yeah. apart from the loss and the sadness and the grief and all of that, that's where I like to live in the end, right? It's mm. like, that is terribly sad and tragic and heartbreaking. And there's a lot to learn and a lot to grow from and a lot of life lessons that that can help you evolve as a person of all that, as a person, I'm not letting that go. I'm not letting it go forever. I can't not hear it now. I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, I feel like now I have to learn how to be like a pelvic physiotherapist just so I can use it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just, when I talk to you, I feel like I can borrow it. So I'm just going to keep talking to you forever. Let's do it. Um, Okay, so that was a bit of a rant, but so so. No, you- but I think you're right, and I it's it's interesting because I, you know, I I do have daughters. I have three daughters. My kids age five to fifteen. I'm all we're recording this. Mm-hmm. Uh, my older two are thirteen and fifteen girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one son. He's he's my hockey player. Yeah. Um, and you know, I look at them, and I you know, we have conversations that are like more proactive about life and you know allowing people to be who they are and then us being on our own uh, we're all on our own journeys and you know I'll have conversations with them around those pieces and a part of me is like no 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 just like jump to my age and you'll know it doesn't matter but then I I really wonder like each of us has to get to this place our own our own path they have people have to feel pain they yeah. have to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. You can't because otherwise it's just words. No one's willing it's, to do the work. Like it's hard work. You're yeah. not willing to do it unless unless you get to a point where you're willing to do it. Things stop working. But it's really hard as and I and I know this firsthand too. It's very hard as a parent. It's very hard as a partner. It's very hard as a daughter or son or whoever to watch people you care about suffer or have them be in emotional pain. What I'm learning is that because my natural instinct is to want to go in and save and fix and, you know, all of that. And I've had to learn to step back and allow them to sit in the mud and be in the sad and be in the lonely and be in the emotional pain because that's when, you know, the biggest breakthroughs come after the biggest breakdowns, I yeah. think. And if you skip that stage and you just, you know, bubble wrap your way through life, it's 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 just words. It's, it's, you, you need to be able to embody it. And you mm-hmm. can't embody it until you actually go through 
the trenches. And so the biggest thing that I've had to learn is to allow the people I love their form of suffering. Yeah. Like, and it's really hard. It's very hard. It's the worst. It's it the is, worst. but it's, it's necessary for their growth and their journey. And it's like, it's not mine. And it's also going back to perfectionism. It's not necessarily how I would have done it, which is frustrating as hell, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I really like they're... the ruler is what I'm underlining, but that's right. fine if you don't. <laughs> right. It's going Finally to we'll be very better. cringy and I have to leave the room. Yes. <laughs> However, you do you, boo. You know, like it's, it's, but it's very frustrating and it's very hard. But at the same time, they have their system. They have their way. It's not mine, but who's to say mine is right? right. It's right. right for me, but it's not necessarily right for you. And you have the right to do it in your way, even if I disagree. Yeah. So that's another thing. Okay. So you, you conquer perfectionism. Um, you know, we're recovering. You're recovering. Okay. You're in the these, process. Yeah. Of I would say it's a long recovery because you start to see these, you always see the stories come up and then you get to keep evolving. I think one of the pieces around perfectionism and learning about the difference between a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset was really enlightening for me and learning to like that a growth mindset can be cultivated because I was very deeply entrenched in a fixed mindset that it was, mm -hmm. you were either smart or you were dumb, you yeah. were athletic or you were, you were yeah. not the all or You're nothing like, thinking total all yeah. or nothing. Yeah. And so even around my perfectionism, like I, I see, like, even when I'm, I'm, you know, asking, um, my support system for help, knowing it's not going to get done the same way that I would do it. If I'm, if I'm outsourcing something like being okay with things being 80%, making the decisions up front and ahead of time that in order to be, to get the number of things done that I desire to, to do in this world, I'm going to need help. Mm -hmm. So learning to ask for help instead of being like, no, it has to be my way was the first really hard thing that I had to learn. Mm -hmm. But then I also had to learn that like, you don't overcome perfectionism. You yeah. just every day have to choose that it's like, we're going to have like the with good is the uh, enemy of perfect. Right. And yeah. So, and I also think that's or also perfect. The, the enemy of good. Maybe is the way it says it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, Touché. but that's, uh, that's also what I find the gift in aging is like just getting tired more easily and not mm -hmm. giving a shit. So yes. it's like, I've gotten to that point too, where I'm like, good enough is good enough. Let's move on. Right. You know, and if someone cares that much about, you know, the detail that I missed or, you know, the, the podcast that wasn't perfect, I don't care. Like yeah. unsubscribe or don't listen or find somebody like, I don't have, I don't even want to say I don't have the time to, to do it again. Like, it's not about time. It's like, I don't have the bandwidth to focus on this one thing anymore. Like good enough. Like, yes, I have standards and I have a quality, but I also think if you can work imperfection into your brand, you're, it's genius you're good. You're good <laughs> because go. then it's like, nobody expects it. You know what I mean? And like, it kind of lets you off the hook. So I'm kind of like, not that I'm doing things on purpose to like not be perfect, but at the same time, like I'm not, 
I don't filter. I don't, you know, like it's just, this is it. You You either resonate or you don't. And God bless you on your way if you don't, but like, I don't care. And I, and I really do think that that comes with a lot of my life experience, a lot of reevaluating what's actually important, what Mm -hmm. matters, you know, who matters, all of that kind of stuff. And that goes back to, to, core values and what's important to you. And like, and that can, that can change too over and it should evolve, should. evolve over time. Yeah. So, so have there been any, now that you're, you're on the recovering end of perfectionism, <laughs> um, have there been any game changing or like strategies or eureka moments that like have just changed the game for you now that you're on the other side? Like, are you see, are you feeling more free? Like, how is that showing up? Um, I mean, growth for sure, being able to, to be able to be somebody who has multiple, um, interests and having the opportunity to look into and do and follow through with a lot of them has been like the greatest gift. I think that one, one of the aha moments for me was that you can at any point in time, choose to be a, to try to do things perfectly. And what that does is it just keeps things exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And if you're somebody who just wants your life to stay exactly stagnant, although you cannot control outside variables, like the only variable you can choose, you can really control is yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I looked around and I was like, okay, if I want to be, you know, communi- making sure that every communication is perfect and everybody is, is talked to in the same way that I want them to do and everybody's treated the way that I want it to be treated and everybody's like, I, if I wanted to have my fingers in all of those pieces, I was truly limited in terms of the impacts I could have in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so choosing to, um, to delegate. Yeah. And and accepting um, the help. Like it's one accept- thing to ask for it. It's another yeah. thing to accept yeah. it. <laughs> and and to properly train and support those people mm-hmm. so that they could they could thrive, often do things better than I could, but also be, you know, be on on brand, quote unquote, so that my time was freed to do other things. Yeah. Was really, really valuable. Um and it's it's almost to the place where like, I know that I have a lot of things like really acknowledging that, like, I like to do a lot of things mm-hmm. and choosing to not force myself to be somebody who I'm not. So when I'm delegating, having conversations with people saying, listen, my brain lurks this way. You're going to want me to talk to you about X, Y, and Z and provide you with this framework. And I'm like, I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to be able to do it in this way. I move really, really quickly. So being able to not shame myself mm-hmm. for not doing it in the way I thought was perfect, which was right. slow and steady and methodical, which is actually not who I am. And I think it's really good too, that you tell people like upfront like you're like this is me. I mean, learned it the hard way. Let's be of honest. Of course, right? of course, we all. Yeah, you don't. We don't come out of the womb talking about <laughs> our needs. But uh, you know that definitely comes over time, and definitely having repressed our feelings and needs, and and then developing IBS because of it. You know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. well, that's my story anyway. You know, it's a very common story. I, you know, like yeah. So you know that comes over time, but like the fact that if you 
because to me, like anxiety and I suffer from anxiety and like back in my twenties, like that's a whole other thing, but you know, that's when I had my panic attacks and all of that. And at the time it wasn't talked about like Mm -hmm. it is now. And so I was very, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't want to admit it. So I suffered in silence, but now everybody knows my shtick. Like everybody knows, like I need to know where a bathroom is at all times. And I like, they just know. Pelvic floor physiotherapy. Okay. Good to know. Do you know anybody who does that? I'm just kidding. Um, but with but, the word eva- <laughs> yeah, I've, it's evolved. evolved. It's evolved. It's evolved. <laughs> it's evolved. It's evolved. Um, yeah. So it's like, I find that if you can express upfront who you are in all your glory, flaws and all, it eliminates, at least for me, all the anxiety around it. Because yeah. now it's like, whatever happens, you've been warned. And yeah. I don't feel like any shame about it. It is, I am who I am. You either resonate or you don't. And again, God bless you on your way if you don't, but I don't care anymore. Yeah. Like I just, I just don't. And again, I'm not saying I don't care entirely about anything. I do. I still have standards. I still have feelings, but you don't I make yourself it wrong for for being that way. Right. Or I don't yeah. feel like embarrassed for having like flaws and imperfections. I actually mm-hmm. kind of want to show it more because <laughs> I actually think it allows other people to come out of the woodwork and yes. give them permission to just be like, yeah, we're all kind of, you know, going through it the best we can. It's so interesting you're saying that because it used to make me. Uh, it's it still does like people would come up to me like oh my god you have it all together I'm like oh my god do I not have it all together like let's just be honest with where Mm -hmm. we're all at we're all trying to do the best that we can do we are all learning we're all trying new things and feeling at them and then getting back up and trying it again nobody has it all together so don't let anybody fool you personally resonate with people who are smart and gifted at what they do but that they've stumbled and they continue to stumble and they talk about that. Like I find that to be way more inspiring than someone who claims to like, you know, levitate on a mountaintop for five hours after doing a cold plunge. Like I have been watching me. (laughs) I have actually, I've been stalking you. I've got a very long lens and a lot of camo. Um, okay. So I want to just, um, cause we're going to wrap up soon. Um, but there's a lot of women out there, whether they're single They've got a lot like single parent, single moms or parents. They've got a lot of responsibility, even married women. You know, we got a shit ton on our plate, right? And oftentimes it feels like, I mean, this is an old story of like putting ourselves last and all the things, but it feels like we're drowning in responsibility. Mm -hmm. And you know, maybe it's because we don't ask for help or we're trying to do it all perfectly, or we're trying to make people think that we are more than we are actually capable of. Um, But what's your go-to advice for any woman who is feeling stuck or burning out or have has already burnt out, but continues to burn? (laughs) So I've got like, let's, we're going to identify it. There are going to be truly some people who really just physically need help. They need an extra set of hands. They need family. They need, they need, you know, they really, really need 
more help because they're working full-time and they're single parents and they, they've got, they're trying to do all the things with their kids. Like those people right away, if we can find some support for them, find a, another single mother and take time or single parents. And like, you can share, um, babysitting responsibilities or things like that, like find a village of people who can help you. Mm-hmm. So there's, those are a totally set of different set, set of circumstances. So let's, let's say that for there's, there are going to be certain people who time is really, really, really scarce and they just need some help. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's one set of people. And we'll have a, we can, we can have a conversation about that another time. Okay. But uh, society as a whole, but for the people who are just, for the women who are trying to do it all and who actually do have an, another parent or family who can help, or they have somebody they can hire, um, utilizing help as much as possible is really, really valuable. But it's not just about asking for help. It's actually about deciding, going back to what you were talking about earlier, is what are your values, mm-hmm. right? If you're spending your whole morning trying to get your children into um, matching outfits and brush their hair and make sure their hair is, um, you know, in a beautiful braid. Like truthfully, if you don't have time to yourself, it's probably a really poor use of your time. Mm-hmm. Make it's this kind of creepy. <laughs> like start to like, let shit go. Like, yeah. let, you know, I have, my, we have the same meals every mm-hmm. single weekday. Yeah. Meaning Mondays is always the same meal. Tuesdays yeah. is always the same meal. Wednesdays is always the same meal, which means that when I do, I do a grocery order, I do whatever, I do a grocery delivery service, which is very convenient and available and pretty reasonable. Um, and it means that my groceries are pretty much the same every yeah. single week and I'm not spending an hour grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've just simplified things as much as possible so yeah. that I don't have to, um, spend that time doing something I don't, instead I can help my kids with their homework. Um, Mm -hmm. it really comes down to looking at truly what are your values and is the way that you're using your time aligning with that. I actually have on my website, I have a time audit. Um, if you're, um, if your listeners would like to use that, because the first thing, uh, the first step is actually look at how are you using your time? Mm -hmm. And, start to understand for a week, what are you spending your time doing? And then yeah. you can start to see like the huge saps of energy, the places where you're spending a lot of time and it does not align at all with your values. So yeah. let's get rid of it. Yeah. One of my biggest like pet peeve excuses is I don't have time right? because we all have time for the things that we value or that mm. we put importance on. And when someone says that they don't have time. I understand we all are busy. We all have things to do. Maybe you don't have as much time as you want. However, I'm sure that if you, they were to do the time audit and see how much time they're actually wasting or spending it doing things that trying to figure stuff out that they have no business trying to... like. For example, I am in the process of creating a new program. I'm going to be launching it soon. Shameless plug. Um, but the reason why check it out, check it out. It's called rekindle your life coming out in February. Um, but the reason why I didn't work on it for so long 
was because I was stuck on the logistics and mm. how to link everything together and create it in a beautiful, graphically designed, branded way. That is not my zone of genius. No. I could maybe figure it out. It would look horrible. And I would waste so much time trying to learn how to do it. I hired someone to do that mm -hmm. for me. And I'm telling you, like, I am whipping through it now because I am doing what I'm meant to do, which is creating the lessons and the workbooks and all that, that stuff, but sending it off to her to connect everything, to so put it in Canvas slides so it looks pretty and branded. Like, and I'm like getting through it. And so the point is, is that I have freed myself just again, from like a mental bandwidth perspective, like, yes. because these things weigh on you emotionally mm -hmm. and, and, and it, it's like, it, it just, it keeps you stuck. And so yes. it's also looking at not just like, where am I wasting time? Like binge watching or going on social media or wherever. Cause you know, we could all find, you know, that we're doing that too Double much, hours there. Yeah, yeah. but it's also like, where are you wasting your time doing things that you think you should yes. by like preparing organic meals every single night? When, if that's not your thing and you're not good at it, or you don't want to do it, then look at those pre-packaged meal deliveries or do it the way that you're doing it. And so I think it's also, again, going back to the perfectionism piece of like, you don't have to do things because not everything is a Pinterest board and you don't yes. have to live your life by that standard. Like figure out what matters to you. Is it dinners and 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 having right. everybody some gather people, like, at the table? Organic is going to be really important. That's and really so, important. Then focus you're on that, that. Yes. And, and let some of the other stuff go. But if it's not your thing, then don't make it your thing. Yes. One thing so, I'll say is um, another one of my my hacks, it's our family hack, is that I go to Costco and buy the huge boxes of birthday cards. Mm, and then I, I go to the bookstore and buy a bunch of gift cards. Mm. And so I have four kids. There's a lot of birthday parties. I just have gift cards and birthday cards on hand at all times. So that I'm not running around trying to make sure, you yeah. know, the night before that my kids have birthday presents. It's because... brilliant. It's 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 really about systematizing and yes. like trying to make it as simple as possible. Now, not everybody's good at that, and that's okay. But you know where your gaps are, and you know how you learn, and you know also. And why I've become very regimented in my morning routine, like to the point where like by a certain time I'm drinking a certain drink. Like I'm just very Love regimented it. like that because that also cuts down on my anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like when you have, I say this loosely, but certainty and predictability, then there's no room for, you know, the chaos. Now, of course, that's my rainbow and unicorn island at 75 degrees with a slight breeze, but- it, for the most part on most days, it works for me. And so if you can try and systematize your life as best and as possible, then when the, the things happen and, and, you know, things get thrown at you, you're not completely, you know, in chaos, you, you know, depending on what it is, but like for the most part, it's easier to bounce back. Yeah. 
So, and I think that the more structure you have, the more flexibility you actually have. Exactly. And the more fun you can have because you're just sort of like, it becomes what? like- Living a, your life? That's Well, so it's nuts. funny because people are just sort <laughs> of like, oh, but you know, there's no spontaneity. Like to me, like I find it, again, it depends your personality and your shtick or whatever, but I just find that the more you can control in the controllables, then- it it does free you for the unpredictable things mm. and you're not as weighed down or like heightened when it happens because everything kind of the goal is to have things run like a well-oiled machine yeah. so when something unexpected happens it's not a complete and utter overhaul it's just like oh it's a glitch you yes. know it doesn't it's look, like it doesn't doing always work. What you but. need doing all it's like doing your part and leaving the rest up to the universe or God or whatever right. you want to say. Like you never want to look back and be like, Oh, did I do everything I could have done? Or, you right. know, should I, should I have done more? It's exactly. deciding what enough looks like for you. Exactly. And good enough is good enough. Yeah. Well, so I good. just love chatting with you. You're a wealth of knowledge and information and life hacks. And I've, I can't believe like our time is up. But uh, where can, I will put this in the show notes as well, but where can people find you? Where can they get that audit? Um, where can, you know, they have you work on their pelvic floors? <laughs> Tell us all. Tell us everything. So uh, everything, including the time audit and a link to booking um, for coaching and for pelvic floor physio can be found at hanaross.com. Hana is spelled D-H-A-N-A-R-O-S-S.com. You can come hang out with me on Instagram at Chanaras P-T, C-H-A-N-A-R-O-S-S-P-T. Um, I'll put it all in the show notes just too. Just check it all in there. Um, and I'm very responsive to uh, all my all, all my DMs there. And um, if, if your listeners are anything like you, Carly, I'm sure I would love to uh, have a chat. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Hannah is a pleasure. And, uh, you know, I always love chatting with you and thank you for everything. Thank you for your time and just all your, your good vibes. You're, you're a good egg, Hannah. You're a thank good you, egg. My friend. I appreciate you. Um, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Okay. So everything will be in the show notes. Check her out. She's also got an amazing podcast. She has the audacity. That's what it's called. Right. And, and uh, to Carly on it. Yeah. Our episode is when I was in the hot seat, that's coming out soon. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just thanks again. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening to this. So that just happened podcast. I really hope you found value in this episode and that you're walking away with at least one golden nugget that you can implement or feel inspired by. I would be so grateful if you would share it with one friend or family member who is committed to moving forward and transforming their life. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode and please leave me a review. It would mean so much to me. Also, follow me on Facebook and Instagram at @coachcarly. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.